Okay. Okay, I am ready. Okay, Shalom Aleichem, everyone. Lord of Marche Leiv. Me'adinei Manalashen Adonai Svasatiftoch Afiyagi Tilasecha. It's a great uh, a pleasure, honor to be here um, in the first Seder Bis Medrash. As you heard from Raburi, um, our relationship goes back many years um, from the first video conferencing that uh, Shear that we were together with um, years ago, about 12 years ago, and um, we've kept up a correspondence and a friendship over the years. We both Talmidim of our great Rebbe, Rav Shleim of Brevda, Levracha. We were both able to be Masbidim at different yard sites. And uh, Baruch Hashem now, um, with this new shear that he invited me to, uh, to give, it's a, uh, a great schus again to be able to partner with him. And I've been watching the uh, first Seder Bismedjish over the last few years, off and on to see what's going on, keep tabs on, uh, you know, my friend's success. And Baruch Hashem, I'm happy to hear and see how successful it is and today be a part of it. So, <clears throat> I like to, the share is um, the life and Torah of our leaders and focus on Bez Hashem, different Gedolim, a little bit about their lives, and also share some Torah with you from these Gedolim. Um, my, my interest in the history of Gedolim goes back many years, reading about their Taldas, reading about their lives, and I've had this chus over the last four years, the last four summers, I've had this chus to um, take trips to Europe um, and take a group with me, a small group, go to, in a very short amount of time, a few days, to travel many, many different places of our G'daylim to their Kvarim, talk about them, connect with them in their Torah, and that has only um, complemented my uh, interest in these in the G'daylim. So, I like to, Baruch Hashem, this year, the Siyata Dishmai of it is that my wife actually asked me this year to take a break and not go this summer and not make the trip. Um, the Chevra that I go with wasn't so uh, excited with her, but, um, you know, the Hashkoch is that Baruch Hashem, we had nothing planned, so we had no plane tickets that have to be dealt with because the trip obviously would have been canceled due to the situation and all of that aggravation. Um, Baruch Hashem, we were spared because uh, she asked me not to go this year. So I want to talk today about the Kafachayim. The Kafachayim's yard site was this week, was on Tess Sivan, which was on Monday. And the Kafachayim is a very, very fascinating personality and has um, <clears throat> a lot to share with us. So let us first talk a little bit about his life, and then I'll share with you a few snippets and some interesting psakim and perhaps divrei taira from the Kafachayim in the uh, time that we have. So the Kafachayim was named, his name is Harav Yaakov Chaim Sofer. Not from the Chassam Sofer family, from a Svardi family. And he was born, 
He was born in the year 1870 in Baghdad, in Iraq. His father was a very Chashevet Talmud Chacham. His father's name was Yitzchak Baruch Eliyahu. That was his father, was a very Chashevet Talmud Chacham. Baghdad at that time was an Irva Embi Yisrael, especially amongst Svardic Jews. And um, his father was uh, known as a very big Talmud Chacham, so much so that at one point I think he was asked to become the chief rabbi of Damascus. Um, he actually turned it down. He turned it down, but um, that's who his father, his father was. Now, <clears throat> it's interesting, his father, like I said, was a very big Talmud Chacham, and his father was actually responsible for him becoming a speaker. Now, the Kaf HaChaim, as we'll see, the Sefer Kaf HaChaim that he wrote is actually a, an extensive halachic work on Arachaim and parts of Yeridea. But he also has some Svarim that are Jerushas and that he said. And one of them is called Yogel Yaakov. Those are his, the Jerusha Sefer. And um, in the Akdama, he writes, he thanks his father for urging him for urging him to speak on Shabbos. His father urged him, he commanded him, he writes, to speak every single Shabbos, to speak every single Shabbos, this is uh, anything I know, need to know here? No. Um, to speak every single Shabbos in his yeshiva. I didn't exa get exactly w where and when that happened. However, um, he, he thanks his father for that. And in fact, his father... He quotes him in Parshas Tetzaveh, he quotes a Dvar Torah that his father said on the day he was Nifter. And it seems that he wants to highlight who his father was, that his father was such a Talmud Chacham that, um, such a Talmud Chacham, that even the day he was Nifter, he was saying over Divrei Torah. And before we go further, since we're talking about his father, let me share with you that Dvar Torah. He writes, my father said, um, on the 19th day of Shvat, the year Tov Reish Samachay, Tov Reish Samachay um, is like 1905, um, the day the day that he was, he was uh, summoned to the heavenly yeshiva. And he says, Rabbis Machshavis Belevish, Vatsas Hashem Hisakum. A Pasuk we say every single day, there are many thoughts that a person has. Rabbis Machshavas Belevish, Vatsas Hashem Hisakum. So his father said that the Pasuk means to say like this Many times a person thinks to himself, he has many thoughts, and he says, In what schus, in which merit, Will I merit Olam Haba? Rabbi's Machshavis Belevish. A person thinks to himself, What schus did I have? What schus do I have to merit Olam Haba? So the Pasuk answers, Asas Hashem Hisokum. Atzas literally means the plan or the plot of Hashem is the one that's going to stand. So his father said, Atzas is the Roshay Tevois. Ayin is for Anava, humility. Tzadi is for Tztaka, and Tuf is for Torah. Through humility, charity, Tztaka, and Torah, if a person does that, Atzas Hashem, and he does it for the sake of Hashem, he does it not for his own honor, he does it for the sake of Hashem, 
he takum that will give the person the ability to stand up in Olam Haba. Atzas Hashem, he takum. So that's a vart that the Kafachayim brings from his father that his father said on the day that he was nifter. So that it was his father, a very big Tamachacham. And <clears throat> so back to the Kafachayim. So the Kafachayim became a Talmud of the Ben Ishchai. Ben Ishchai was the leader of Iraqi Jewry, um, the Rav and, and leader in Baghdad. And um, the Kafachayim became a Talmud of the Ben Ishchai. He had a burning desire to go to Eretz Yisrael. At that time, in the early 1900s, Eretz Yisrael was not a very easy place to live. Most of the Jews, especially in Yerushalayim, lived in the Iratika, in the old city. It was a, not a simple time, it wasn't easy to make money, there was very a lot of poverty there, hunger there at the turn of the century. But he had such a burning desire, and in the year 1904, Rishchidosh Sivan, which is not long ago, he went to Eretz Yisrael, and he went straight to the old city of Yerushalayim, and he became a part of the yeshiva called Beis El or Beis Kel Yeshiva, which was a Svardic yeshiva, but at the same time, it was a yeshiva that focused on, or at least had a stress on Kabbalah and the Torah of the Arizal. And that was one of the things that stood out about the Kafachayim, that he was a great gadol in Nigla and in Halacha Lamaisa, but at the same time, he was very proficient, and he lived his life and his davening with the Svardic tradition of Kabbalah, the Arizal, the, the, the Siddur HaRashash, Reb Shalom Sharabi, from the Svardic leaders of Yerushalayim, and uh, he was part of this yeshiva, and it didn't take very long till he was able to, he, was, he became very famous as one of the best ones, as they say, the lions of the yeshiva, and he got a nickname called the Sar Beis HaZoyhar. There was also a Hasidish Rebbe who had a very similar um, title, it's a play on the words of, in the Torah of Sar Beis HaSoyar, the one in charge of the jail. So this was the Sar Beis HaZoyar, the one who was the prince and the one that was in charge of the house of the Zoyar of the world of Kabbalah. Um, in 1909, a new yeshiva for um, what they would call Bavli, Babylonian Bachrim, that would be the Iraqi Messiah um, of Svardi um, learning and halacha opened up in the new city of Yerushalayim outside the walls of the Iratika, the old city. And in 1909 it was called Shoshanim Ledavid. And he left the old city of Yerushalayim and he became a part of this yeshiva Shoshanim Ledavid. And he um, rented for himself a small little attic near the base Hamedrish of this yeshiva, I don't know if it was in the same building or right next door, those details I'm not, I'm not certain of, but that became his study. He had tons and tons of uh, svarim there, many, many svarim, anigla and anister, and most of his days he spent closeted up there in that attic, in that, uh, in that little study of his, learning his svarim, his svarim hakdashim. He was well known for his tefillahs, his tefillahs especially 
as he went with the Svardik, as we said, the Mesoira of Davening Alpida Arizal with the Siddur HaRashash, he was well known in his Zahirus in being careful of saying Brachas properly. And keep that in mind because we'll talk about the, that a little bit later in when we talk about one of his Psakim in the Sefer Kafachayim. And um, I hope to remember that we talked about it now. But um, if we don't, you'll remember that I brought it up that a special Zahirus in saying Brachas properly. He never spoke any type of idle chatter in Beis HaKnesses, in the Shul. And again, these are things he stood out for. So even if there were many tzaddikim and gedolim at the time, he had special zahirus in these in these areas. And he had also a special midah of being moida al hoemes. He used to give shmuzim drashas on Shabbos, like we mentioned before in the yeshiva. And he used to give shiurim to the bachrim as well. And he was not afraid to say that I made a mistake. He was not afraid to say that what you're saying is better than I'm saying. He had a special midah of being moide al ho'emes. Now, let's just talk about, to get towards his svarim. So, <clears throat> he, has, he had wrote numerous svarim. As we mentioned before, the Sefer Yogel Yaakov, that was his drashas. He had... Um, there's a sefer called Yismach Yisrael. Let's you have Yagel Yaakov Yismach Yisrael is a is you know is a pasuk. So you put those together. Yagel Yaakov and Yismach Yisrael. Yismach Yisrael is his divrei Torah that he wrote on the parshiyos. Um, he wrote a sefer on Stam on uh, the halachas of Stam, which is the writing of of sefer Torah, Tefillin, Mezuzas, Safros was called Kol Yaakov. Numerous other svarim as well, but his flagship sefer, and that's what he's known on, known, known as, was the sefer Kafachayim. The Kafachayim was a sefer that he wrote, that is basically seven or eight volumes on Orachayim. So if you think about it, the, the Mishnabrura wrote on Orachayim, and that's the six volumes of Mishnabrura, and he wrote on Orachayim eight volumes. And it's a little bit of a different style than the Mishnabura, and in a way they might even complement each other. The, um, the Kafachayim is Malakate. He also gathers from all different types of Svarim, just like similar to the way the Mishnabura did. Um, and he and he um, and he wrote them, you know, according to the Halachas in Shulchan Aruch. So if you have you look up a Halacha, Nelchas Birchas Hashachar, and you'll he has the Shulchan Aruch at the top, and you'll see, just like the Mishabura has little letters in the Shulchan Aruch for you to look at the bottom, and on the bottom, he'll bring down from all different Svarim. It's not like the Mishabura that's written in, in the Mishabura is like one long paragraph, and you find each and every note. It's each and every footnote, and each and every note is its own paragraph. He will bring commentary from other, or psakim from other svarim, you know, similar to the way the Mishnabura does. Sometimes he will paskin, sometimes he will just bring them, so to speak, and gather them there. Um, what's different about the Kafachayim from the Mishnabura is, number one, the Kafachayim is going to focus more on Svardi svarim, as opposed to the Mishnabura, who was more 
Ashkenazim and or, you know, he brought, brings lots of Svardim as well, but that wasn't necessarily his focus. The Kavachayim brings from the Svardim very much. And the other thing that is different is he also will be Malakit Alpi Sifrei Kabbalah. So the Mishabura doesn't bring very often things Alpi Kabbalah. Every once in a, in a while he does, but it's not the most common of things. Well, the Kavachayim will very often bring from the Arizal and from the um, and from the Sifrei Kabbalah. Now the Kafachayim, the Sefer Kafachayim, he also has two volumes on Yeridea. The Sefer Kafachayim, like I said, was his flagship Sefer. And he has in there Askamas from three Gedolim of Yerushalayim. One of them was one of the Rosh, one of the big Svardi Gedolim. I don't really, I'm not really familiar with him. Rabbi Yaakov Shol El Yasher was his name. And he's the first Askama. And the second Askama is from Rav Chaim Berlin, the son of the Nitziv, not a Svardi. Um, and he wrote Askama. And the third Askama was also not from a Svardi. It was from Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld, the, the Rav Yerushalayim. Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld. And Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld in his Askama writes, that this, the Kavachayim, is someone who learns Torah Lishma. I don't know how many people Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonnefeld wrote that about, that he learns Torah Lishma. And um, he writes that, I really am not, you know, fitting to write, to give such askama, but he writes, HaSefer Ba'atzmai you don't need me. The Sefer itself um, testifies about itself and, uh, and is able to say about itself what the value and the worth of this Sefer is. Now, it's interesting, and in a moment we'll go through a few of the Psakim of the Kafachayim so we could understand his Torah a little bit. Um, Rabbi Yehuda Tzadka, Zichroina Livracha, was one of the Rosh Hashivas of Parat Yosef in the last number of years. He's not alive anymore, but within the last 30, 40 years. So he said a very interesting thing, and to see how the Svardim, um, so to speak, raided the Kafachayim. And again, it's not only Svardim, but for sure they um, are more proficient in the Kafachayim as opposed to Ashkenazim. So Rabbi Yehuda Tzadka said like this, he said there were two tzaddikim from the previous generation who were very careful with their speech and perhaps did not speak extensively while they were alive. However, they are speaking non-stop once they have been nifter. And who are those two people? He says one is the Chafetz Chaim and one is the Kafa Chaim. The Chavetz Chaim, as we well know, Shmiras Halashen, Chavetz Chaim, that's his name. So he was very careful with his speech. Although, it's worthy to note, the Chavetz Chaim did talk a lot. It wasn't like the Chavetz Chaim had a tiny's Dibur. Adarabah, the Gedolim of the time, said, it's not such a big feat to not speak and not speak Lashon Hara. It's a feat to speak and still not speak Lashon Hara. And that the Chavetz Chaim was a master of. But at the same time, compared to perhaps, you know, big 
orators of the time, the Chavetz Chaim wasn't the big speaker. So Behudet Tzadka says in his time he was very careful with his speech. And now we all know the Mishnabura is something that is constantly learned daily, throughout the day, by people. So he was careful with his speech when he was alive and he's constantly speaking now. And the second one, Rabbi Yudah Tzadka says, was the Kaf Chaim. The Kaf Chaim seems to be the opposite. He was Taka someone who didn't speak a lot. He was very quiet, the Midas Hashtika, very reserved person. However, says Rabbi Yudah Tzadka that with his work, the Kaf Chaim and Shulchan Aruch, he, people are learning it, it's constantly being learned throughout the world. And therefore, since it's constantly being learned, we know that when you say over the words of tzaddikim, what, even though they're not no longer alive, however, their lips continue to speak in their grave, and the lips of both of these tzaddikim are continuing to talk. He says, that's the pshad in a pasuk in Mishlei, v'ish shemeya lonetzach yidaber. And Ish, a man that while he's alive, he's a Shemeya. He listens a lot. He doesn't talk a lot. But Lenetzach Yedaber, his schar is that for eternity he will continue to speak because after he's nifter, his svarim will be used and he will continue to speak. So that is if we, you know, to get a picture of in the Svardish world how they rate the Kafachayim, Rabbi Yehuda Tzadka is putting him up right there next to the Mishnabura in the tzaddike in the tzaddike hadar. Now, before we go to the psakim of the of the kafachayim, I just want to say one more thing. There's something that they have in the family. I don't know that it was printed. It's called kuntris hachaloimos. Kuntris hachaloimos. It seems that he had a lot of divrei Torah and a lot of things that were told to him in dreams. Um, in Parshas Pinchas, he writes, Zepir Shali Bachaloim. This, sorry, this um, Zepir Shali Bachaloim, this was explained to me during a dream. It's interesting, I have a, an affinity towards the Sefer Meshachachma, Rabbi Rameer Simcha of Devinsk. I've been learning that Sefer for over 20 years, and this past summer, last summer, I was actually to be at his kever in Dvinsk, and he has also in two places where he ends off and he says, Bachaloim, that this was this chiddish, I was mechadish in a dream. But not only that, the, um, he writes, the Kafachaim writes in his kuntris, in his list of dreams, he says that um, he once had a dream about a certain piece of meat that that in a certain place some trefa meat got mixed in and he was able to go and act upon that. Or he wrote somewhere, Shamati Shaimrim, I heard in a dream that they said a certain cheese is usur. Um Or another place he said that he, he was informed in a dream that in the marketplace they were selling bread that was very wormy. So, um, and there's other places as well in Kafachayim where he says things, and over there he doesn't say it about himself. He said, a certain person heard in a dream. But when they match it up to his own notes, they realize it was, um, it was him. So now let's talk about the Kafachayim a little bit. And I, and I highlighted a few psakim from the Kafachayim, which I think would be um, quite interesting to, uh, to, to know. And to hear, perhaps, you know, you know, um, what the uh, sugya behind it is.
So the first thing I, I picked out is interesting because this is a Shiloh that happens to be happening right now. I don't know what's going on in your neighborhood, in Philadelphia, or from wherever anyone else here is viewing this, but in, in Ohio, in Cleveland, we have, um, a few weeks ago, we began having outdoor minyanim, and uh, just shvuis, many of the shuls actually went back into shul on a limited fashion with social distancing, and, and we have to have shifts of minyanim because, you know, you have to be six feet apart. A whole asik. So when it comes to Kriyas HaTayra, especially by the outside minyanim, um, and this was in Lakewood and Eretz Yisrael, they had these with the porch minyanim. There became a whole question exactly how to do Kriyas HaTayra. You can't have someone next to you getting an aliyah if you are uh, social distancing. So the Eitzah uh, was very, was what many places did, is that the Balkaire took all seven aliyahs, or all three aliyahs on a weekday. But let's deal with Shabbos, with seven aliyahs. So I was the Balkaire, so I would take, you know, I would get, take the first aliyah, make both brachas, then make, both, make the bracha again, take the second aliyah. So basically I got seven aliyahs, and I said the brachas on each aliyah. Now the question was what to do about maftir. Because really, it's not so simple on a regular day to give one person more than one aliyah on a Sefer Torah. And especially to give someone on a regular Shabbos, for example, who already got an aliyah to give him maftir, also is not so simple in Shulchan Aruch. So the question was, do you do a maftir or not? Why? Because the real halacha is that maftir oila minaminyan, which means to say that the maftir, who's the maftir? The maftir is going to be the last person to get an aliyah, and he's going to be the one to read the haftairah. So the question is, does the maftir have to be a separate aliyah from the seven obligatory aliyahs, the seven kruim? Or is the maftir oila minaminyan? Could he be one of those seven? So on a regular Shabbos, we have seven aliyahs, we say Kaddish, and then we have Maftir as number eight. The reason is because you're allowed to add on aliyahs. So we add on an eighth aliyah for the Maftir. But really, according to the Halacha, the Maftir does not have to be a separate aliyah. He could be number seven. We pass in, according to the Gemara Megillah, Maftir Eila Min So since we're in this situation where we're not doing things in a normal fashion, one person's taking all the aliyahs, why should we make an eighth aliyah and have a maftir when we really don't need to do it? Let's minimize the bidiyavit. So that's what we did. We had seven aliyahs. And then, again, I got all seven, but whoever got the seventh one, which was me, also laned the haftarah. Okay, very simple. The question then came up is, when do you say Kaddish? Do you say Kaddish after the seventh aliyah, like you do on a normal Shabbos? The only thing with that is that then you are going to go and say the Haftarah without the Haftarah being connected to any reading of the Torah. The reason anyone who says the Haftarah, Chazal made a Takana, they have to first read from the Torah. So you read from the Torah, and then you read from the Navi. But here I read aliyah number seven, but then there was an interruption. There was a hefsik with a Kaddish. And now I'm just starting the Haftarah without anything else. Is that okay or not? Or, 
the other option that was floated was maybe you should just lane the seventh aliyah, lane the haftarah without any interruption, and then after the haftarah, you should say Kaddish. That was the question that was on the table. Now, now, this question, so you can look around and say, where do we have a similar situation? The only time that we have a similar, similar situation under normal circumstances, again, without people making mistakes or things like that, is on Tisha B'Av morning. Tisha B'Av morning, you lane three alias, you say Kaddish, and then you lane the Haftairah. So that would seem to say that there's no real problem with making a Kaddish between the laning and the Haftairah. Okay, the problem with that is that Rabbi Akiva Eger, on those Halachas and Hilchas Tisha B'Av, he has a very, very long, uh, uh, and it was out of character, lengthy piece where he says tamati. I always wondered how you're allowed to do this it doesn't make sense to me he says the whole point of the Kaddish is to separate between the aliyahs that are obligatory and the aliyah for the maftir which is only being read to connect taira to the laning of the haftira if that's true, says Rabbi Kivager, I don't understand. How could you lane three alias, say a Kaddish, and then lane the Haftairah? Doesn't make any sense to me. And he says, if anything, what you should do is you should say the Kaddish after the Haftairah. And he brings this from Amag and Avram and Hilcha Shabbos, which seems to say this as well. And that's Rabbi Kivager. So it would seem from this Rabbi Kivager, that what we should do is, we should lane seven aliyahs, lane Naftaira, and then say Kaddish. And I heard some shuls, maybe a shul in Baltimore I heard, was Taka doing this, I'll pee this Rebbe Vegar. The only thing is, that on Tisha B'av we don't do like this Rebbe Vegar. On Tisha B'av we all say Kaddish, and then we lane Naftaira. And if you go back in the sources, they're very early sources for that. The Levush, the Maril, the, the Shari Ephraim, they all say say Kaddish, and then lane the Haftarah. Not like Rabbi Kivager, which is the way we do it. So, and in fact, the Chassam Seifer in Hilcha Shabbos quotes the Magen Avram, and he sa- which says a similar thing, and he says, the Magen Avram, it can't be, because by Tisha B'av, this is not the way we do it. By Tisha B'av, we say Kaddish, and then the Haftarah. We don't say Kaddish after the Haftarah. And the Chazam Seifer therefore says, he brings a proof from Tisha B'av, that this is the way you should paskin. So we have here a Machlaikas what to do. The only question is that... Rabbi Kivager tells us the logic of the Kaddish is an interruption between the obligatory aliyahs and the mafter aliyah. And if that's true, then we have a problem with our Kaddish. So fine. So we all, we, I could give you a list of everyone who argues on this Rabbi Kivager. But the question is, what, what, how do they explain the Kaddish? If you have Rabbi Kivager's understanding of the Kaddish, he really should be right. So how do all of these, and this is our custom, to say Kaddish and then Haftarah, so what is the reason for the Kaddish? So if you look in the Kafachayim, he actually gives us an insight to this. The Kafachayim in Ilchus Tishabav writes that, he quotes the Maril, and he quotes the Reikeach, 
that they all say, you say a chatzik kaddish. And he writes, it's such an interesting thing. Why does he say this in Ilchus Tishabov? Why didn't he tell us this in Ilchus Kriyas Atayra or in Ilchus Shabbos Kriyas Atayra? He says it over here. And be, the reason he's saying it over here is because of this problem that we're talking about. This Rabbi Akiva Eger's problem, this is where it is. And he tells it to us here. And he says, he quotes the Rekach that says, he says such an interesting thing. He says when you learn Taira, every word of Taira is another name of Hashem. And we don't even know what the names are. And if we don't know what the names are, we can't have the proper kavana to sanctify that name. You have to, when you say Hashem's name, you have to think about it. You're being mekadeshit. So if every word of Torah is a name of Hashem in some form, we don't even know what to do, how are we sanctifying it? Therefore, Tzarech Kadish al Hashem. That's why we say Kaddish. Kaddish infuses Kedusha into the Divrei Torah we just said. If that's true, then the Takana of Kaddish which, by the way, is not a takana from the Gemara. The Mishabur writes, the Rabbonin Savaroi, after the Amiraim, after the Gainim, they were the, the leaders of Klai Yisrael. I'm sorry, after the, the, the uh, Amiraim, were the Rabbonin Savaroi, the leaders of Klai Yisrael. They instituted this Kaddish. The Kafachaim is telling us it's a Kaddish that when you finish laning, the amount of people that need to lane and the amount that you're supposed to lane, you say a Kaddish to sanctify every word that you just said. Then you'll go lane the Haftira. So Rebekah understanding of the Kaddish was that it was to separate between what's obligatory and what is now here just for the Haftira. And therefore he had a problem. What do you do on Tisha B'av? But if you go with this understanding, the Kafachayim's insight into the Kaddish, then you have no problem. The Kaddish is here for Taira. Okay, so now you go lay Naf Taira. There's no problem that there was a Kaddish in the middle. So that's a very interesting thing from the, um, from the Kafachayim. The second thing, if you remember, we mentioned before about the Kafachayim Zihirus in Birchas Hananin, in saying Brochas. So in Hilchas Birchas Hashachar, he writes two fascinating things. He writes, number one, that there's a concept of Shinui Mokoim by Birchas HaShachar. What's Shinui Mokoim? When you make a bracha, let's say you're in a house, and you make a bracha, a shahakal on a food. Okay, and you eat the food. And then you walk out of your house and you go somewhere else. So you have changed your place. When you change your place, you lose your bracha. If you want to continue eating that same food outside the house, you have to make a new bracha. It's called Shinui Mokoim. It's a very complicated halachas, which foods, when, and how, but that's not for now. So he wants to be mechadish that when it comes to birchas hashachar, there's also a concept of shinui makayim. What does that mean? It means to say that wherever you start making your brachas, you should stay there and finish all the brachas. So wherever you start amnatilis yadayim, he says, you should say all the brachas all the way through the karbonis. Don't move in the middle. That's halacha number one. An interesting halacha. And more than that, he says, while you're getting dressed, you shouldn't be saying berchas hashachar. You shouldn't do anything while you're saying a bracha. 
You shouldn't even walk around while you're saying a bracha. Rather, you should stay in your place and think about the birchas hashachar that you're saying. Now this is a shayla that's an interesting shayla. Many people, they sometimes are not so on time to davening, and they want to say birchas hashachar walking to shul. Are you allowed to say birchas hashachar on your way walking to shul? Now the Mishabur also brings down you're not supposed to do things while you say a bracha. So, you're not supposed to make your coffee while you're saying a bracha. You're not supposed to be involved in other actions, even things that don't take a lot of concentration. But what about just walking? Is walking a problem? So, Mishaburu doesn't seem to say that I am aware of. But the Kafachaim is saying here, you shouldn't be walking around. So, I remember hearing from a, a very chash of a paisik, that said in a shir that you should not be saying birchas hashachar walking to shul. So either say it at home or say it when you get to shul. But walking, now again, bidiyevid, you're for sure yoytzei. However, it's not the proper thing to do. That's a psak from the kafachayim. I found a very interesting thing. I actually showed it to this paisik. Um, and I, I found a very interesting thing. There was a very big Talmud Chacham in Yerushalayim. His name was Rishmul Aaron Yudalevich. Rishmul Aaron Yudalevich was a, was a brother-in-law of Harav Yashiv. He was married to Reb Arya Levine's daughter. Reb Yashiv was married to Reb Arya Levine's daughter. So they were married to sisters. There's a, a, a Hebrew um, biography of, of his called Me'iloy Shal Shmuel. Unbelievable book. It's they translated into uh, English. I forgot what it's called. Something generations. Um, it starts off with his father's life. His father was and his and their brother. His brothers were orphans, and they pretty much almost walked from Europe to Israel. Fascinating story. So Reb Shmuel Arain was the father of the famous Magid Reb Shapsi Yudalevich. Big Talmud Chacham Reb Shmuel Arain Yudalevich, and um, he. He in 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 his sefer on Chumash they bring that someone once asked him, "Are you allowed to say Birchas Hashachar walking to Shul or not? Is that called a melacha that it says in Shulchan Aruch you're not allowed to do while making a bracha?" And he says it's mutter. Rabbi Shmuel Aaron said it's mutter, and he says he has a raya from the parsha of bringing bikurim, and he didn't say what the raya was, and they didn't have time to ask him for whatever, I don't know exactly what happened, but by the time they found everything out, he ended up, he was nifter, and no one understood what his raya was. So they, the family went to Moron Sarah Teira, Reb Chaim Kanyevsky. So again, Reb Chaim Kanyevsky is married to Reb Yashiv, was married to Reb Yashiv's daughter. So it's their cousin. Reb Shmuel Aaron was his uncle. So he asked them, they asked him, do you know maybe what, what our father meant? What Reb Shmuel Aaron meant that he has arrived from Bikurim? So Reb Chaim told him a fascinating thing. Reb Chaim said, if you look in Mesechta Bikurim, Paragimel Mishnah Beis, when they're bringing the Bikurim, so it says that the last stop is the city before Yerushalayim, and all the people bringing Bikurim get together, and the next morning, the Memuna, whoever's in charge, says, Kumu Hashem Let us, a Pasuk in Tehillim, let us all go up to Yerushalayim. And the Rav says over there that on the way, they said Tehillim. They said, We're happy that we're going to the Beis Hashem. 
And when they got to Yerushalayim, they said the next psukim, Oimdois Hayu Raglainu, Bisharach Yerushalayim. And Harabayis, they said, Halleluka, Alukal Bekadshoi. In the Azara, they said, Kala Nishama Taloka. So said Reb Chaim, so it seems that there's no problem with saying Tehillim and these Tfilois while they were walking up to Yerushalayim, in Yerushalayim to the Harabayis, and the Harabayis to the Azara. They were saying all of these Tfilois. If that's true, that was the Raya Reb Chaim said that Reb Shmuel Aaron had that Dvarim Shebikdusha, you're allowed to say while you're walking, and it's not called Ka'isa Malacha, and the Halacha would be the same when you're saying Birchas HaShachar on the way to Shul. The, the Rav, who, who I told it to, said he, he really doesn't understand the Raya, what, what does Tehillim have to do with saying Brachas, and, 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 and things like that, and you perhaps could argue on the Raya, but this was the proof that Rabbi Shmuel Aaron brought, and he passed in the Lacha, that one may say Brachas while walking, but like I'm saying, the Kafachayim, who himself had an extra Zahirus in Brachas, his Psak is the opposite. There's a lot more to say. I even had a lot more prepared, but time flies when you're having fun, as they say. So again, I hope everyone was nana. The Kafachayim's Chusa Yogan Aleinu, he's buried on Harazesim. I've been to Harazesim a few times, but only to certain parts. I was never at his kever. However, you know, Bez Hashem, we should be able to go back to Eretz Yisrael. We should go back with Mashiach, with Chiyas HaMesim, Mechas V'Shalom Nat. I should be Zaycha to go back there. Perhaps on the next trip, I'll find where he's buried and um, be able to be misspelled as Kever. I thank you all for listening. Again, a thank you to Reb Uri for this wonderful, wonderful program and for giving me the opportunity to be able to share the Torah of the Kafachayim, a little about his life and his Torah. Hopefully we'll all be inspired to be able to be live up to his words, the words of a person who served Hashem and was able to be a great tzaddik, and we should be inspired as well. Have a wonderful day.